to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome back to the Last Gen Podcast, everybody. My name is Alex Iaquinto on behalf of Miracle Word Ministries, and I'm so pumped to be back with you today. Man, is that a classic intro or what? I feel like every time I do that, I feel like a radio host. Welcome back to the Last Gen Podcast. Anyways, I realize that there's probably a lot of new people listening today, um, and the reason that is is because, um, you know, as, as, uh, evangelist Ted travels around to churches and, you know, does crusades and such like that, he, he, uh, he, he introduces the youth section, you know, last gen to new people. And so if there are any new people listening, I would like to welcome you on. Um, it's so good to have you stick on. I bet you'll learn something. You'll get built up by this podcast today for the faithful listeners. I could not love you more. Seriously. Um, we're here in Tom, no, I was about to say Tomball. We're here in Rowlett, Texas. Um, it's around the Dallas Fort Worth area and we're here at church in the city, man. I have heard a lot about church in the city, but I just want to say it is such a great church. You just walk in and it's just excellent excellence, just excellence in the church. Um, and not a lot of churches have that sad to say, but it's true. Not a lot of churches are as excellent as this one, um, but I, I really, I really do enjoy it. Praise and worship, amazing pastors, amazing people, so kind, so nice. Um, and the revival just started last night, if I'm correct. Yep, it's Monday. Last night, Sunday night was the first night of the revival, and it was bomb. It was fire. If you're not watching the revival live, if you if you're anywhere in the area, I know there there are tons of people. Um, from the Texas area that are connected to this ministry and are listening right now. If you're close, and by close I mean like six hours in the, that vicinity, you should get here. There were people who drove in from Ruston, Louisiana last week, or I mean last night. Um, I think it was five hours one way, so five hours to the service, maybe four or five, and then four or five hours back right after, just for one service. People are hungry. People are coming to revival. You should too. Any excuse you have is not good enough. <laughs> so you should come. That's it. You should come. Definitely a meeting worth coming to. Definitely. You should be there. Plus, I'll be here. I want to meet you. I met um, <laughs> I met my new friend. I, I, I met him back on, on Friday morning Bible study. Um, but Cash Robinson and all the Robinson family, which there are six kids. So, you know, I, I, I you know. It would, it would take a lot to recite them all. Dude, if you're listening, you're like, he forgot my name. I didn't forget your name. I just don't want to forget your brother's name. And that goes for any of you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was good good to meet. And, and Cash, he's six years old, and he got up every Friday morning at 6 o'clock, because it was 6 o'clock his time in Texas, to get on Friday morning Bible study. And he is a cool guy. So I was, it was good to meet him and the rest of the Robinson family. And, um, it's just great. Just great. Amazing. I want to jump into it today. You saw the title. This is the title. Let me, let me find it. Here's the title. Listen to this. If you feel out of the flow, 
listen to this if you feel out of the flow. Well, what do you mean by out of the flow, Alex? Well, that's a great question. Let me answer it. This does not have to happen to you. I just want to preface with this. This does not have to happen to you. And by faith, we're not saying that it's going to happen to you, right? I'm not saying there's always going to be, there's going to be a time in your life, amen, where, no. That's why I put if. If you feel out of the flow, listen to this. And what do I mean by out of the flow? I mean, there are times in people's lives where sometimes um, you, you get into this rut, this spiritual rut. It's happened, and it happens a lot to people. It doesn't have to happen, but it does happen. It's happened to me before. Get into a spiritual rut where it feels like everything is stale, where it, it, it feels harder to pray. It feels harder to read your Bible. It feels like your flesh is more in control. Um, and you really have to push yourself even more to do spiritual things, right? And if you're not careful, this rut can build and build and build and build. Sometimes for some people, it gets to the point where, I mean, let me just paint a picture for you. You get up, you typically have, you have, you have a Bible reading in the morning and prayer in the morning and you, you start reading and you cut your reading short. Normally you do two hours or, or one hour and you cut it short and you only do 30 minutes and then you only do 30 minutes of prayer and then next day you go, oh, well, I only did 30 minutes. It wouldn't be that bad if I only did 20 minutes and, you know, 15 and then, then you get down and you, thing, things get in the way. You, you allow your life and the busyness of your life to get in the way of your relationship with God. And that happens to some people. And if you're not careful, it compounds. It compounds and busy gets busier and your priorities start to slip. And in no time you look back and you realize I haven't prayed. I haven't fasted in a long time. I haven't read my Bible in a long time. And that is not a place you want to be. Let me just tell you something. If you get to that place and you're comfortable with that in your spirit, there's a problem. You know, Many of you understand this and, you know, our older folk, you know, our married folk will understand this a little bit better. I'm going to turn on the AC in this car, by the way, which, yes, I'm in the car. So if you hear noise, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to start dripping sweat for everyone. So if you're married, you'll understand this a lot better. But if you go off on a trip and you leave one of your, your like, let's say best friends or maybe if you're married, your wife, or your husband behind and you go away and maybe you're missing your your brother, your sister, your best friend, you know, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever. The first day it's, you know, it's hard, it's easy, you know, whatever. You know, you, you miss talking to them, whatever. Um and so you call them and you start talking and you start talking and you start talking. Maybe you have like an hour long FaceTime call, right? Next day you know, maybe another hour-long FaceTime call. If you really love this person, this probably applies more to the married folk. Um, and as the week goes on, as the, you know, if it's a long trip, a long uh, time you're away, gets longer and longer and longer, you'll notice something. The time that you take to call or to reach out to someone gets less and less and less. Why? It's because you've learned to live without them. Listen, that's a sad reality, but the hu the humans are are very adaptable. And what does that mean? It means as time goes on, my lifestyle is going to adapt to the thing that's going to benefit me the most, right? 
And if you're away from someone for long enough, you will learn to live without them. It's like this. When you first start dating someone, our married folk can understand this. When you first started dating your spouse, you were talking to them 24-7. I'm telling you, there are people who will go to work. They'll be on FaceTime all night, six hours until two in the morning. They'll fall asleep on FaceTime, right? There are people who will go to work, go to school with an an AirPod in, on the phone with them just so they can hear their breath. I'm telling you, people get weird when they start dating. Because what? Why? You're infatuated with that person. You have to spend every moment of your day with them if possible. You see them right after or after work, after school, whatever. You rush to their house. But you'll notice as time goes on, there's a tendency for some people to start slipping. You know, the, the what do they call it? The, the honeymoon feeling, the honeymoon stage, it leaves, right? You're not pumped like you used to be. Why? Because you've learned to live with less and less of that person. Now, I want you to think back to the time you got saved. You remember that time? I'm going to tell you, when I got saved, I could not stand to spend a moment without thinking about Jesus. I mean, it's like that for a lot of people. They have a radical testimony, radical salvation, and they just, they want to be in every service. They want to be listening and preaching all the time. They want to be reading their Bible, praying all the time. They talk about Jesus all the time. But if you're not careful, you can learn to live without him. That's a sad thing. That's so sad. You can learn to live without God. And many Christians do that. And if you get to that stage where you realize, I've let things slip, I've learned to live with less and less of God in my life as time goes on. That should wake you up. That should jolt your spirit. Let this be a wake-up call to some people today. You Don't learn to live without Him. Because the moment you learn to live without Him is the moment your spirit starts to harden. You don't feel convicted if you don't pray. You don't feel convicted if you don't read the Bible anymore. That's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to be for a Christian when the conviction of the Lord doesn't feel as harsh as it used to be. And I don't say harsh as in the mean way where God's mad at you. I'm saying as potent as it used to be, where it wears off. You know, the more and more you do a drug, the more and more it wears off. The more and more you resist conviction, the easier it is to let it go by. It's the same thing. You can become jaded to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And if you're in that spot today, you don't ever have to get in that spot. I'm telling you, I'm not one of those preachers who say, you know, there's you know, there's mountaintop experiences, but how many know to get from one mountain to the other, you have to go through the valley? No, not necessarily. That's not really how cartography works, my friend. Um, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> but... You don't have to get to that spot, but I realize that there are people where they have gotten to that spot. And I don't want to leave you hanging. Because the longer it goes, the worse it gets. This is how people backslide. This is how people walk away from the faith. And let me tell you something. Let let this podcast be a wake-up call. And I'm going to give you some encouraging news. If this is you, let me give you some encouraging news. 
I don't have for you a 12-step program. Really, it's a one-step program with a couple tips. Okay? I want to encourage you. How do you get out of a spiritual rut? Maybe that'll be the subtitle. Listen to this if you feel out of the flow. Colon. How to get out of a spiritual rut. Let's do it. Point number one. This is the only step, by the way. This is the only step. There's a one step. And then a couple of other tips that will help you. It's straight from the Bible. This isn't my like knowledge or anything. Ready? Step number one. Make a simple choice. God is all about simple choices. You notice if you read through the Bible, even in the Old Testament, my, my uncle preaches about this a lot of the time, a, a lot of times. Even in the Old Testament, when a prophet would give a, a prophecy that was of destruction, meaning this city will burn to the ground, there would always be a caveat. But if you turn it around, if you repent, if you come back, God will spare you. That's how God is. It's a simple choice. And the good news is it's not in the hands of God. It's in your hands. So what's the first step to getting out of a spiritual rut? Make a simple choice. I'm going to read you a passage of scripture. Or maybe just a verse. Let me see here. Verse of scripture. Revelation chapter 2 verse 4. And this is Jesus speaking. He's speaking to... He came back in a vision to John, the revelator, on the Isle of Patmos. And he gave him... um, Letters to the seven letters to the seven churches, and this is to one of the churches. He starts praising him. He says, This is what I love about you. This is what you're doing good on. This is, I commend you for this. And then he comes to this point. Yet, verse four, yet I hold this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Let me see what the New Living says. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. You've fallen away from your first love. King James says, left your first love. Let me, okay, next verse. Verse five. He says, consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Now, that's a choice. Repent isn't a 12-step program where it's like rehabilitation. It's repent. That's it. Repent. What does that mean? Turn around. Do a 180. All he's saying is, If you've been slacking, turn it around and understand something. When, when God always says, repent, he's not, he's not saying this to you. Like if this is you right now and you now feel the conviction and you say, you know, Alex, I'm not, I've not pressed in like I, I once did. Um, I want you to hear me today. When God convicts you like that, when the Holy Spirit convicts your heart, don't feel in a place where, oh, God's mad at me. And, you know, I, now even if I did go back, he'd be mad at me and I have to work my way back up the spiritual ladder. You want to hear some good news? You don't. God's not mad at you. What does he say? Repent. Do the things you did at first. Turn back to your first love. That's it. Turn back. And it's not like you have to, oh, it took me three months to get to this spot in the spirit where I feel like I have a deep relationship with God. It's going to take me three more months. No, just come back. Just come back. That's it. Just make a decision. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Lord, I'm sorry. Like repent. Father, forgive me in Jesus name. Lord, 
restore my relationship with you to the strength it had before. Make a simple choice. That's just the first step. Make a simple choice. All right? And then we'll give you some some tips. Okay? Three tips to strengthen or rebuild your spiritual life. First tip, surround yourself with people who will bring you there. Many of you know the story, and I'll just read it pretty quickly. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him, or get to Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat um, the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And later, Jesus heals the man. He says, Get up and walk. Now, let me highlight something to you. When Jesus um, talked to those five people, the one paralyzed man and the four friends, he didn't say, son, I have seen your faith, meaning, or, or it doesn't say Jesus saw his faith, meaning the paralyzed man. It says Jesus saw their faith, meaning the friends had faith for the man that couldn't have faith for himself. The friends had faith for the man that couldn't have faith for himself. You need people in your life. I'll make this very simple. You need people in your life that if you're at a spot where you've realized you've slipped, there will be people around you that will number one, notice it. And then number one and number two, not condemn you and say, bro, you know, I guess he's just not spiritual. I guess he's just slipped. He's backslidden. Oh, well, he's not a crit. No. They'll say, dude, like, get it together, but we're going to help you. Let's go. And they'll pick up your mat and bring you to the place that Jesus is. You need friends that are on fire all the time that if by chance you have let your fire dim, their fire will catch on to you without, any, without ever trying. You know, people always say, like, you've got to have your own fire. You can't be leeching off other people's fire. That's true. You need to have your own relationship with God. But what if there's a time, you know, like, think about baby Christians. What are you going to say? Like, you can't lean on your youth pastor anymore. Get out into the... No, they need help. They need help. They They can work on someone else's anointing for a season to get them on their own, to get them established in the faith. And if by chance... I'm talking to someone who has let their fire dim. There can be people around you, Holy Ghost filled people, that their fire will burn so bright and catch you back on fire. You need people in your life like that. So as, uh, take a look at your friends. Are, are your friends people that are like that? Are your friends or the people you hang out with most able to pick up your mat and bring you to where Jesus is if you're not able to do it for yourself? Think about that. So number number one, this is like a tip. Number one tip, surround yourself with people who will bring you there. Number t- two tip for rebuilding your spiritual life or getting out of a spiritual rut. Number two, pray in the Holy Ghost. You say, Alex, that's super simple. Of course, of course you said that, you Pentecostal. Yeah, of course I said that. 
you know, I, I think it's funny when people know you're Pentecostal and then they like, <laughs> and then they somehow act surprised. Like, I can't believe you said that. Really? Do you know what Pentecostal means? It means Pentecost. Okay. I, I speak in tongues. I believe in speaking in tongues. It's not some fancy thing that I, you know, do on just Sunday morning. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Jude, the first chapter, the only chapter, in verse 20 says, And you, beloved, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you build up your faith. Super simple. And you can actually say, You, beloved, rebuilding up your faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. See, something happens that I can't quite explain when you pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, listen. If you're at this stage where you don't feel spiritual in any way and there's no desire in you to pray, you're obviously not going to feel like praying in the Holy Ghost. Your mind is going to say, "What's what good is that going to do? And you're going to start praying in the Holy Ghost. And your mind is going to be saying, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. You're just as dead as you were before. But something happens when you continue to pray in the Holy Ghost that a fire, because the Bible says it's not you that's speaking, it's the Holy Spirit that's speaking through you. Right? So it's the Holy Spirit that's taking a hold of your tongue and speaking through you. You're, the, Paul said, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Another passage where you can see this is Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Ready? It, likewise, this is the ESV, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought to, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. If you're at a spot where you don't know what to pray, get alone. You don't you don't always have to have fancy words. That's what I've learned. Like, yes, you should pray in English, but if you don't know what to pray in English, that's okay. God has you covered. Just start praying. And that's the Holy Spirit. And it'll catch you back on fire. Very practical. Just do it. If you're filled with the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. What's the point? <laughs> you know, why did God give you that for you to just say, like, oh, yeah, I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I was at youth camp? No. That's a tool that God's given you. Tongues are a tool that's God, that God's given you. Tongues are a weapon that God has given you. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect it. So, number one, obviously, the first step is make the simple choice to return understanding that God's not going to be mad at you when you come back. Number number one tip, surround yourself with people who will bring you there. Number two, pray in the Holy Ghost. Number three, similar to number one, but very important, and I cannot overstate this. Get in services where the Holy Spirit is moving. And let me clarify the moving of the Spirit. Okay? And this is biblical. This is not Alex's idea. This is not what Pentecostals believe. This is what the Bible says. Anytime the Bible records a great moving of God, let me tell you what happens. People are saved. Right? Lots of people are saved. Make first-time decisions for Jesus Christ. Their lives are turned around, they repent of their sins, and they, they put their trust in Jesus, making a public confession of Jesus Christ. Salvation. Number two, people get healed. 
Okay? Number three, people get filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Okay? We've got salvation. We've got healing. Physical healing. Okay? Physical, verifiable. Um, a doctor could look at it and shake their head, not know what happened, kind of healing. I'm not saying like, oh, I feel a little bit better. No, healing. I mean, God will do that too, but real healing, real miracles. Salvation, healing, baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what happens. That's what happens. People get a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Uh, you know it when you see it. <laughs> don't Don't try to tell me, Oh, you know, the Lord really moved and everyone looks like they were baptized in pickle juice when they leave the service. It was not a moving. People are too loose with the the term a move of the Holy Ghost. We had a move of the Holy Ghost. No, you had a service. Okay. So not every service in America is a move of the Holy Ghost. Get in a service where God is moving. Those things are telltale signs of God moving. If you are going to services where no one is getting saved, no one's making a public decision for Jesus Christ, no one is getting healed, no one is getting filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, the gifts of the Spirit are not in operation, you are not in a church where the Holy Spirit moves. That's it. And you cannot argue with that. That's biblical. Are we having services just to have services? Are we having services where the Holy Spirit moves? So if you're at this, you're at this place where you need a spirit, you need your own revival. Get where revival is, and it'll catch on. Listen. So get in re, like live revival. If you, if there is no way you can, which I I'm not convinced that people cannot get to a, an on fire church. But if you are in like Pakistan or whatever, listen to Holy Ghost preaching. Sometimes you know. I actually have it loaded up on my phone. There's a video I have loaded up on my phone um, all the time. It's always ready. It's of Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. He's not preaching or anything. He's not teaching doctrine or, you know, I really learned something. No, I didn't. I, this video doesn't teach me anything. It's literally just a, it's a 17 minute and 20, 21 second video. It's just a clip of Dr. Rodney getting on, 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 the stage, I think it was an all night prayer meeting and he comes in from 300 city tour back in 2019 and the worship's playing behind him and he starts to announce how many salvations had come in through those. And I'm telling you, as, as that happens, the anointing just hits, it hits and you could tell through the camera. And then he, you know, the anointing hits and he just, he realizes he starts laying hands on people. People are going out. And let me tell you, I, you don't even have to watch it. The, you can hear the anointing, and the music is anointed. The, the atmosphere is anointed. Why? The Holy Spirit is there. He is the anointing. And so, if there were ever a time where I was like, oh, I don't feel like... Pop that video on. It'll get you... It's like taking. It's like doing a line of cocaine. Yeah, try to say, you know, I feel tired, and then do a line of cocaine and see if you feel tired afterwards. I think I'm going to go take a nap, but first let me do a line of cocaine. It's hard to, it's hard to get cold in an on, you know, think about it. Do you think you could freeze ice cubes in the middle of a bonfire? No. It's hard to get cold when you're in the atmosphere of fire. 
These aren't just quote. Oh, it's a tweetable, tweetable quote. No, that's true. That's 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 biblical. Get in the atmosphere of the anointing. Get in the atmosphere of the anointing. Notice how these are all choices that you make, and not choices that God makes. Well, because. Those people who preach like mountains and valleys, well, there's the mountains and, you know, you can be really on fire for God in one season, but you know how many know there's also the valley. There doesn't have to be a valley. You're choosing there to be a valley. You know, the one, one of the things I love about God, God doesn't, is not a puppet master. I don't believe that God is in control, like the way people think he is. How many know God is in control? And then they use that interchangeably with God is still on the throne. Yeah, God's still on the throne. Of course, he's sovereign, of course, but that doesn't mean he's pulling strings, causing every um, occurrence to happen. He's not the causation of everything. If he is, you're going to have to answer for um, thousands of rapes and murders in America tonight. Was that God? No. It was the choices of men and women. And just like that, my life is not, my, my, the destiny of my life is not in God's hands, it's in my hands. He's given you tools and he's given you the instructions. I love that the Bible is filled with if-then statements. If you will hearken unto the voice of the Lord, this is how he'll bless you. Do this and this will happen. It's cause and effect. He's a cause and effect God. It's not hard. It's not hard. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. It's not hard. Follow instructions. Follow instructions. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray a fresh fire on every person who feels like their fire has dwindled. I command you to be filled with a fresh fire from heaven in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, be filled from today and never go back. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, I love you so much. Listen, this is what I want to announce. If you're not on our text list, I'm going to be texting you a lot more often, not like blowing up your phone or anything, but you know, I just texted for the first time in like a month and I felt really bad. And I was like, yeah, I need to text some more. So if you're not on the text list, I want you to go to, let me, let me make sure this works. Miracleword.com. And if you go to miracleword.com slash last gen, you can join the text list. There you go. Yeah. Miracleword.com slash last gen. Um, and if you scroll down it says sign up for text and you just fill out the form, if you really want to know the URL for that, it's lastgen.superphone.io, but you don't have to do that. MiracleWord.com slash lastgen, fill out the form and you will get my personal, um, text and anything that you text back will come to my phone. So if you have any questions, prayer requests, anything, I'm always praying for you and I always want to hear from you. Um, so it will be good. And by the way, this is going to be most likely, this and Instagram are going to be most likely how we get Q&As from now on. So that's what we're going to be doing, getting Q&As from the text list and also the Instagram. So you want to be on this to be updated with everything that's going on. Um, Without further ado, I love you. Put this to practice this week. If you're already on fire, do it even more. See what happens. Praying for you. And I'll talk to you very soon. Bye-bye.